And being a cat is a lot like being an actor. You sleep for most of the day, and then scream at somebody if you need to, then eat a can of tuna, and you get the wherever you want. So what breed of cat would James Corden be? Oh, I think I'd call him a total dick. I was just recently named Artist of the Decade, um, but after people see me lap up milk from that giant saucer, I'm pretty sure they'll take that away. Film fans, welcome back to another episode of Not a Bomb Podcast. I should say, welcome back to five people who survived after last week and decided to tune in, right, Brad? Yeah, yeah. Hold on to your cat butts. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is uh this is gonna be a rough month. Um, Brad, you you wanna talk about the premise of uh February? Yeah, so we decided since February uh, has Valentine's day within its month. Uh, we decided to let our wives pick what we were going to watch this month. Uh, we thought, Hey, you know, they love us. They'll, they'll let it, they'll pick some cool movies. Um, and so far it has gone well, (laughs) poorly. Uh, and yeah, we're like at the, like the last crusade, you know, the, the crusaders like, yeah, he chose poorly. Yeah. We chose poorly. Um, our wives so far have hit us with the pest. And this catastrophe. <laughs> is that what this is going to be all night? Just... Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, cats from 2019. Oh, boy. Well, do you, do you want to have your uh, wife introduce yeah. this one? Okay. Yeah. Uh, hit it. Hi, Natalie. Welcome to the show. Hello. So for everyone who doesn't know, Natalie is my wife. And this week she got to pick our movie. And Natalie, what are you picking? I chose Cats the Musical. From 2019. Um, And so why did you pick Cats? I mostly chose it because I know how much you hate musicals. Yeah, that's true. I hate (laughs) musicals more than almost anything. So, um, but what about, did you want to like... Troy likes musicals, so do you think he was going to enjoy this one? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you basically chose it because you knew Troy and I were going to basically have a tinder tantrum for the next 100 minutes. Is that correct? Yes. I enjoy musicals, um, and I don't really have a desire to watch this one, so I thought it'd be a good test. So I did not watch this one with you. (laughs) Okay, so you're not mad at me. No, not mad at you. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for picking your movie. I love you. I love you too. All right. Wow, she didn't watch it with you even. No. Oh no. Oh no. She was like, "Yeah, you're you're going to watch that on the iPad over there in the corner by yourself. You stay far away from everyone." Wow. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, I, I feel like they're doing a number on us. I mean, my wife picked the pest knowing I absolutely hate that film. It's it's so annoying. And obviously, um, I, I would say go back and listen to last week uh, to hear me have a just a mental breakdown. But I would encourage you actually to skip that episode. <laughs> Spoiler, the pest is a bomb. Um, and your wife picks something that uh, she knows you're going to hate, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Musicals. I hate musicals. Hard stop. Hard stop. Okay. And, and I'll tell you why. Let me explain. Okay. Right. So I can, I can suspend my disbelief on pretty much anything. Aliens, uh, you know, a Terminator from the future coming back, uh, all these things, right? As soon as characters are having a conversation and then the next moment they start busting out in song and choreographed dance, I'm like, no, I can't. I can't do this. This is not how this is not how the world works. Like I, I can't, I just can't do it. It's that sudden shift of tone where it's like, Hey, Troy and I are talking and now we're singing and dancing. I'm like, no, I can't do that. I can't do it. So, so there's not a musical out there that you like, or you can, you can sit down and enjoy. Is it just a genre? The, the minute, you know, it's a musical, you don't even watch it. Or is there any, I, any musical out there that you kind of appreciate? I, I mean, like we watched back in the day, we watched the wanderers. I did enjoy the wanderers quite a bit. Um, is that really a I, musical I mean, though? I mean, kind of, it's like a musical adjacent. Um, no. Cause once I hear it's a musical, I pretty much turn off. I've given them, I've given them a try uh, into the heights. I thought that type of music I would like, no. I mean, it, it didn't, I mean, nothing just does it for me. Cause I, like I said, as soon as people, are like going out into song and dance. It just, it, it breaks it for me. Like I'll, I'll watch a music video. I love, you know, Michael Jackson used to like put on these elaborate music videos, but that was like for thriller was 10 minutes, you know, not a 90 minute feature film. What, what about something like Scott Pilgrim versus the world? Would you consider that a musical? Uh, no, you wouldn't No, no. <laughs> Even though music is like plays such so, an important part in that film i think so like that and i was i just rewatched baby driver because it's one of those movies where i didn't really enjoy it as much as everyone else the first time i saw it and like music plays such a big part of edgar wright's films right their mm-hmm. music is integral to whatever and it there is musical elements but characters aren't like singing and dancing um Scott, Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim, they are. They're playing like in a band. Like that is integrated into the world in such a kind of uh, organic way that it doesn't break it for me. Um, I, I guess maybe that's it too. Like it has to flow within the movie. We just can't all of a sudden be in the street and start dancing and have a hundred dancers like, I don't know, going at. I, I, I don't know, man. It's just Scott Pilgrim, I, I can see it because they're in a band. But again, that's like more part of what that movie is. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I like Scott Pilgrim, so I'm trying to back out of my argument that I don't like musicals. <laughs> what about the Blues Brothers? Again, I like. That's a musical. That. It is a musical. They break out. Inside. I mean, you got Aretha Franklin singing in the diner. Yeah. You better but think. It's Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Okay. Which, you like uh, Blues okay. Brothers, right? Yeah. So I guess there's a type of musical that I don't like, right? It's the big choreographed. Uh, 
I mean, but the Blues Brothers, like, there's a natural break, and okay, now we're gonna go up on stage and we're gonna sing. No, not at all. Not there. So no, there okay, are yes. scenes in there, yes. but there are tons of scenes where they do not have a natural break. Where when they're picking up the band members, they just break out into song and dance. I mean, you you have when Ray Charles is out there playing in the music store, you have an entire city block dancing. I know. But you like well, there's the so many brothers. police cars that get destroyed. In okay. That movie. I <laughs> uh, well, see, this is where you and I differ. Uh, I really like musicals. I mean, um, if there are two films that I would consider my favorite movies of all time, and I will watch them multiple times during the year. The first one is pretty obvious. It's uh, it's Jackie Chan's Drunken Master Two. Mm-hmm. I consider that one of the the greatest, if not the greatest, action film, kung fu movie of all time. But tied to that. And if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick this one over Jackie Chan. Uh, Singing in the Rain is is my favorite film of all time. Uh, Gene Kelly, I, to me, I, I love it because it's about films. It's about the introduction of sound into film. The dance sequences are just absolutely breathtaking. And, and I would even go so far to say as I think the reason why I like kung fu movies so much is they remind me of the Gene Kelly musicals. Um, the, the really good musicals. I'm not a huge fan of current musicals per se, but I, I do like some of them. I mean, I, I like the greatest showman as an example. That's, that's a recent example. And I like Bollywood films and Bollywood films are three hours and there's about an hour of music in it. Right. Song and dance sequences. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the opposite spectrum. I really love a good musical. And it's funny too. Like I like, uh, like music documentaries. Um, I like biopics about musicians. I love music. It does nothing to do with music. It's just that break in my, that, that just that break in where characters are all of a sudden singing and dancing. Um, in some films, I obviously, I will let it slide and others. It really <laughs> bothers me. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so it's just, a, it's a difficult line for me to toe because I know there are great musicals out there that I just don't give a chance to because I'm stubborn. Uh, and I'll admit that I'll, I'll admit it, but it's just hard for me when I know that at some point in time, some asshole is just going to start dancing in the street. I'm like, <laughs> no one does this. Of course, like no one, like, uh, you know, there aren't Highlanders running around, but I'm perfectly okay with that. You're okay with that. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Well, the movie we're talking about tonight from 2019 is actually based on a, um, London and Broadway musical, right? So cats. Wasn't it, or still is the longest running Broadway show. Uh, as of 2022 cats remains the fourth longest running Broadway show and the sixth longest running West end show. So West end, um, would be like the British equivalent, right? Okay. Okay. So it debuted in May 11th of 1981. It was a musical composed by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Fun fact, what also debuted a few months later was, uh, enter the ninja on October 2nd, 1981. Hell yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, cats was as a musical sort of a cultural phenomenon, because it started the mega musical phenomenon, establishing this like global market for music theater and really taking the Broadway show and the West End show and focusing it on like big, big budget blockbusters. Right. So if you're thinking about, you know, Jaws bringing back the blockbuster uh, for, for cinemas, um, I think Cats would be the equivalent to that from what I know. 
um, from, from the Broadway um, perspective. Now I've never seen cats and I know you haven't either. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because this debuted in 81 and I went back to look because I think one of the things that you have to keep in context, context when you watch this film is it, it's a 2019 movie based on a 1981 musical. And I thought it would be interesting to pull some of the more weirder musicals from the eighties <laughs> and uh, just see if you've seen any of these, because I know you tell me all the time you don't like musicals, but then there are things that happen and you go, Oh, like the blues brothers is a great example. You go, Oh, I, I really like the blues brothers, dude. That's a musical. So therefore you like musicals. You like a type of musical. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to read some titles. You tell me if you've ever even seen it, but these are the weirder ones from the eighties. Okay. So we're going to start with 1980. I just saw this one for the first time last year, 1980s, the apple starring Catherine Mary Stewart. Have, have you ever seen this one? I've not seen the apple. Yeah. I know you, you talked about it. I think on this podcast that yeah. you watched it and liked what it a, a lot. Weird experience. Yeah. yeah weird it's movie, right? terrible, <laughs> but I really liked it a lot. We watched it with a group, right? Um, okay. Group of friends. Okay. How about this one? Also from 1980 Xanadu starring Olivia Newton, John. I have seen Xanadu. Yes. Okay. What'd you think of that one? That's just a bad movie. Like <laughs> regardless if it's a musical, it's just a bad, awfully made movie. So no, I, I don't like it at all. No, not that one. No. Okay. Uh, also from 1980, 1980 was kind of a crazy year for musicals. Did you ever catch a uh, Popeye starring Robin Williams? Oh, I have seen Popeye. What'd you think of Popeye? I, I kind of have a little, a little nostalgia for Popeye. So, so it's in the light category. It's in the, it's not terrible category. It's a, okay. So we're putting that in the like, okay. Uh, okay. are you a fan of Rocky or picture show? I'm not, I, I, I am not, not um, even with the full audience participation. No, I like th- that atmosphere. Yes. Sitting at home watching Rocky horror picture show. I'm like, I, I don't really like this, but seeing it, um, I saw it one time and then I saw it in a crowd and I was like, Oh, this is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then went back and saw it again by myself. I'm like, Oh, this, no, okay. you have to see it in a crowd. Uh, so that's a very particular sort of instance where I like that movie, a group setting. Okay. What yeah. about uh shock treatment from 1981? The sequel to the Rocky Horror Picture show. Did you ever see it? I have not. I've not seen that. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't think you need to. I mean, okay. I, I, that's I've, what I've always it. heard. I've always heard it's not great. And I'm not a huge Rocky Horror Picture show fan anyway. So I mildly find a couple of things about it entertaining, but it's a, for me, it's a hard watch to get through. Okay. How about this one from 81? I know you're a big time um, animation fan. So there was a film by Ralph Bakshi called American Pop from 1981. I've seen that, yes. Would you like that one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so we found another musical. Bakshi's weird. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, How about this Uh, from 1982? I'm, I'm really curious if you've seen this, but it starred Danny Elfman. It's called Forbidden Zone. No. All right. we need to introduce you to that one. That's okay. That's visually, uh, <laughs> it's wow. Okay. I know you haven't seen this one, but pirate movies were kind of big in the eighties too. pirate musicals. And in 1982, there was a comedy called pirate movie starring Christy McNichol, which man, I had a crush on her growing up, but I, have you ever even heard or seen that one? No, I have. I actually have never seen that or heard of it. Okay. Uh, I, for you don't watch that one. Um, but Christy McNichol. Yeah, she's okay. Uh, yeah. She was, she was awesome in the eighties. Okay. How about this one from 1982 pink Floyd, the wall I've seen. Yes. I, yes. Yes. Big fan. Yes. Yes. I am. Okay. But that's, that's a musical. Like a, 
It's it's an album. It's a musical. It's a visual album. A musical. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, also from 1982, I will. The best little whorehouse in Texas, starring Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton. No. 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 Any any no. interest whatsoever? It's Burt Reynolds. Yeah, but it's also like western, which is another like genre of music. I don't. It's not a western. Really like. It's a comedy. Oh, well, okay. it's like Don DeLuise is in it, I think. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So no. the, 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 I will always love you that Whitney Houston sang for the bodyguard. It comes from yeah. this film. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dolly Parton sang it first and better. There you go. Internet. Move. Okay. I know you've seen this one because <laughs> we talked about it way back when we had that podcast, like years ago, 1984's rhinestone also starring Dolly Parton and Sylvester Stallone. Yes. I've seen that. <laughs> Not not a fan. No, not a fan at all. Okay. No. Uh, let's let's change gears here for some different types of musicals. Okay. Are you ready? Break in from 1984. Have you seen it? I've seen Break in and I've seen Break into Electric Boogaloo. 1985. Yeah. So big fan of those. I like them because of yeah, but it's more of like oh, the was that yes 80s. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just make sure. Crush <sighs> Groove in 1985. I've seen Crush Groove. Yes. Like that one. It's okay. Yeah. Again. Oh, come on. It's Crush Groove. It's Crush not fair, Groove is though, good. man. These are like, yeah. These are musicals. These are like 80s. Like, musicals. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How about this one? Little Shop of Horrors from 1986. Yes, of course. I was like, Rick Moranis was like one of my favorite actors when I was five years old. So. So you like that one? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about Earth Girls Are Easy from 1988? Yes. Like that one too? <laughs> yes. Huh. This isn't fair. Brad, I, I hate to break this to you, buddy. <laughs> Troy, do I like musicals? I think you like musicals, bud. <laughs> this is uh, shaking me to the core. I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, I was I was going through this list, and it, it does surprise me how many of these you've seen. Uh, did Now, here here's another example. This is just from the 80s, but if we even go to the 90s, what about The Commitments? You like that film, right? I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. musical. <laughs> so here's a here's a question for you would you consider a movie like singles a musical um i don't know that that's a good question i think that falls into the baby driver conversation so yeah. singles in and of itself i don't know if i would consider a musical even though the soundtrack is pretty important to it mm-hmm. um but something like streets of fire i might consider a musical because it has two musical sequences in there so I think it comes down to, does it have a musical? Wasn't that the rock and roll opera or something? What they call rock and roll fable fable? Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Eddie and the cruisers might be considered uh, a musical as an example, because it has these sequences. Wonder is a good example. I, I have, to, I mean, I remember really liking that film because I think we were talking about that in conjunction with the warriors like years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the music p- plays a, a very important piece to it, but I don't know if it would categorize as a musical. Yeah. Like I said, it's probably like musical adjacent. Like it's just like one step removed from musical. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Cameron Crowe films, I, I think, fall into that Edgar Wright where yeah, selection like almost of the, famous is. I mean, yeah, but it's yeah. a yeah. What about the stars? The stars born with Lady Gaga. Um, did you enjoy that one? Yeah, but but I mostly like that because of the performances. You know, it's like one of those things where it's a musical again. <laughs> I put it in like the American hustle category where like, I don't know if I like the movie that much, but the performances are really good. 
Yeah. So, uh, okay. Well, I, I, Hey, I, I hate to break it to you. You, I don't like musicals. <laughs> you like more musicals than you think you do. Yeah, I know. I, I would I, love to just sit here with I'm an very entire selective. list. I, it's very, I'm very selective. Let's just put it that way. Oh, Agree I, to disagree, but I, I, it has to hit certain boxes and it. I would be curious be, for you to sit down and watch singing in the rain and just take it in. Oh, I've seen it. It's not that I haven't oh, seen, you, singing you have in the rain. seen it. Sing, you don't like singing it? in the rain. I mean, it's fine. Like it's oh totally God. fine, but okay. Whatever. Let's move on. Okay. We will disagree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we're talking about 2019 cash. Show me that butthole. <laughs> oh boy. We'll get there. We'll get to those stories. I got, I got to tell you, it's been a while since we've had a film to talk about where there's a lot of just great stories behind the scenes on the production and development. I did more research for cats than I think I've done in probably six months. Yeah. A long time. I read more articles on cats than I have in than any person should. Yeah. It's, it's super interesting. So I guess with the true format of the show, since we talk about movies that, you know, bombed at the box office or got uh, panned by the critics, this one fits both categories and you're, you're going to take us through that journey, right, Brad? I most definitely am. All right. Um, Let's start with the numbers. So cats, 2019 was released December 20th, 2019. And what I find very, very interesting, Troy, is someone said that cats was the fall of civilization. Do what? (laughs) If you think about it right around this time, two years ago, or now three years ago, Jesus Christ, the world was pretty much like we were getting to the point where we're like, man, things are getting really bad. Uh, cats was like the beginning of the end of the world. You think cats signaled the apocalypse more or less? Yes. Yes. Okay. Cats and then COVID. So cats kicked it off. So cats. I'm just saying. You think cats caused COVID? You know, we're going to get canceled if you make any kind of claim like that. No, no. I'm just saying it might have like kickstarted it a little bit. <laughs> From a karma perspective. Yes. Yes. Okay. Totally. Not- yeah, the people involved Karmatic. in cats were, were no, not no. involved. Okay, all right. And what I and I don't want a Joe Rogan thing to break out here. No. Okay. Well, the the one of the things I've read, and just to put it out there, is everyone that worked on this movie worked their ass off on this movie, and it's not because people were not trying. So yeah, we'll just get that up there now. But anyway, budget for this movie, Troy, a hundred million dollars, one hundred million dollars in the budget. In the budget. Not the advertising, the budget. No, and they advertised the shit out of this movie. Yeah, they did. Um, so it's probably like a 2.5x, maybe. Definitely a 2x. Universal sure. was putting a lot of money behind this one uh, at the yes. time. Yep. Domestically, it makes $27 million. Wow. $27 million. Internationally, it makes $46.6 million for a grand total of 73.8 million dollars fails to make its production budget back and didn't even like didn't even come close didn't even come close yeah made 75 percent of its production budget um opening weekend now this this right here is uh pretty telling do you know what it makes opening weekend i don't think it made a lot be now i'm just well, guessing because you're you're going to talk about what movies came out. I think it got hammered by another film that came out that weekend. 
Probably so. Yes. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm makes, I don't even think it cracked into like double digits, did it? No, it did not. It made six point six million dollars opening weekend. Oh wow, six point six. Right. So that's good enough for fourth place. Um, the first film is Star Wars: uh, Rise of the Rise of the Sky Rise of Skywalker. Of okay, Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Uh, makes $177 million. Yeah, that's, that's the one that crushed it, yeah. right? Jumanji, The Next Level, which was like a real surprise hit. Mm-hmm. Um, made a lot of money that weekend. Frozen 2, and then you had Cats. Didn't stand a chance. Did not stand a chance. Um, yeah, man, it, uh, it was kind of dead on arrival, um, especially because, critically, Cats sits at a 19%. And a 53% uh, with the audience. 19% is, mm, yeah, we'll and get to it. I think IMDb has it at like 2.6. Yeah, something. 2.6, which yeah. on IMDb, if anything's less than five, it's atrocious. Okay. Because yep. people will give 10 stars to anything. Yeah, they will. Um, <laughs> and so we kind of hit on some of uh, Star Wars that came out that month and Jumanji. We also had things like uh, Richard Jewell came out that month. Um, bombshell, uncut gems. Oh, Sandler. That's okay. yeah. Spies in disguise. The pigeon film. Yep. Yeah, which I never saw that one, but yeah. So that's about it. So they they released the same day as Star Wars. Yeah, it was never. I mean, obviously, this was a choice to put something out there as counter programming for the adults, while everybody else went to see Star Wars. And from everything I read, they rushed it out to get it before out before Christmas. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that okay. in the production okay. development because I know you've read some of that. Yep. Um, yeah. So it, it didn't do very well. It's probably at the bottom <laughs> of the list for those releases that year. Let's let's talk about the people who made it. Um, director Tom Hooper. So I will say this: I've actually this is my first Tom Hooper film that I've ever seen. I don't I don't know about you. I know he's probably most known for things like the King's Speech. Yeah, so you didn't see the King's Speech? Did not see the King's Speech. Okay. Nope. Um, if you look at his filmography, he does a lot of film and TV. I mean, most recently, his Dark Materials. Uh, I think he's directed some episodes for that. Yep. That TV series. That was actually really, really good. Okay. Um, kind of made that Golden Compass movie look even worse because they did a really good job with that source material. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, because that's what that's based on. I did not know that. All right. Yep. So he started in 92 with a TV movie called Painted Faces, um, did Red Dust. He did the John Adams TV series. Didn't know that. That's good. Um, the Damned United in 2009, The King's Speech in 2010, um, Les Mis in 2012, The Danish Girl in 2015, and then Cats in 2019. And between Cats and His Dark Materials, he really hasn't worked on anything since. So the screenplay is done by Tom Hooper. Now, he's only written two films, Cats and Painted Faces, his first one. Uh, The other one that's credited with the screenplay is Lee Hall. This guy's interesting because if you go through his filmography, he did Rocket Man in 2019. He wrote the screenplay for that. Which I love that movie. I like that movie quite a bit. I like it better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Same here. Yeah. Same here. Um, He also did a film. I don't know if you've ever seen this one. Billy Elliot in 2000. He wrote that. I have, I know Billy Elliot, but I don't think I've seen that. It's got some dancing in it. I I don't know. If, it's I a ballet movie, right? I think you'll like it. I yeah. really okay. think you'll like it. Um, uh, but Cats is based on the stage musical Cats by Andrew Lloyd Webber, which we kind of talked about that. 
Yeah, I was going to say, is it fair to like give a screenplay to anyone except for Andrew Lloyd Webber? Well, I didn't know this aspect. I mean, I know nothing about Cats the Musical. So they did a screenplay based on the musical. Android, Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote Cats based on poems from a collection called Old Possum's Books of Practical Cats by T.S. Eliot. I never knew that it came oh, from a T.S. Eliot okay. poem. Okay. So that's the genesis of, of the whole story. Um, and, and can, Billy Elliot and T.S. Eliot, not related, right? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, and, and the plot just, we'll go ahead and get this out here. I mean, this is, this is the screenplay and the story that's based on the T.S. Eliot poem. So Jellicle cats join for a Jellicle ball where they rejoice with their leader, old Deuteronomy. One cat will be chosen to go to the heavy side layer and be reborn. What the fuck is an Jellicle cat? I what to, is Jellicle? I had, what to is Jellicle? I had to look it up. What is Jellicle? Yeah, a Jellicle cat comes from the T.S. Eliot poem, and it and it's basically described as a commonly nocturnal black and white scruffy cat. So like an alley cat is a Jellicle cat from a T.S. So, okay, there you go. That's That's, that's the, not in the movie. No, they don't give the explanation in the movie, but they just, I know, oh my God, they I say know. Jellicle like you wouldn't believe it. Um, oh my God. Cinematography by Christopher Ross, who also most recently did Everybody's Talking About Jamie. And the same year, he also filmed Yesterday from uh, 2019, the Beatles. Okay. okay. Yeah. Beatles movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that movie. Okay. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen oh, it Oh, God. You're a big Beatles fan, though. We had this discussion, I, Beatles versus yes, Stone. I love the Beatles, and that movie makes me hate the Beatles. Ooh, that's that. This must be really good. Yeah. Uh, production design, Eve Stewart. Um, he or she, I don't know, um, didn't didn't do that much research. They just recently did Eternals from 2021. They're the production designer on that. They don't know how to do scale. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Scale? Like, sometimes cats are huge in this movie, and sometimes they're uh, really small compared to other things. There's a scene where there's cats on right next to a garbage can and they're the same size as that garbage can. And there's other times where they're uh, really, really small. Mm. It's this, the see. scale in this movie is all messy. You didn't notice the scale of things. There were so many other things it, to pay attention okay. to in this yeah. film. The okay. size of a garbage can did not even enter my mind. Um, I'm just going to be honest. The scale was one of those things. I was like, I, I don't know how big these cats are. Sometimes they're supposed to be really small. Of course, they're walking on their hind legs sometimes. We'll get to it. Go. Keep going. Well, what, what you, I mean, did you like the Eternals? Did you like the look of the Eternals? There's something about this film uh, and the Eternals. For some reason, when I read that, it's, it's got that kind of like weird sort of overlit look to it in a way. Yeah, I I, 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 I can't describe it. And, and it's a she. Eve is a she. I'm sorry. Um, not a he. But yeah, she she. Now that I know it was uh, the production was done by the same people, I can kind of see it. I, I mean, I, I really can yeah. kind of see it. Uh, this was Eternals a, looks a lot better. I'll give I'll give her that. She improved. We'll talk about that. There, there. I I will go ahead and show my hand. There are some sequences in here from a production design I thought were kind of impressive. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that in detail. Uh, this was an interesting. I don't know, credit that I saw. They had a consultant for physical comedy, Cal McChrystal. 
a, a consultant for that was an actual credit. They hired somebody to be a consultant for physical comedy. Now, Cal, that had, guy, that guy robbed them because a there was no <laughs> physical comedy in this movie. Oh. There's no comedy at all, but there was definitely no physical comedy. Listen to the movies that Cal has worked on. I didn't even know this credit exists. I didn't, I figured if you hired comedians, you would rely on them, and mm-hmm. you wouldn't have to hire a consultant. I mean, you and I work with consultants all day. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and a consultant, you bring somebody in because you don't, you're not supposed to be the expert or you're looking for something different. But if you already have comedians on yeah. the set uh, and all these interviews, behind the scenes interviews with cats was, oh my gosh, we got James Gordon and Rebel Wilson. They're so funny, blah, blah, blah. Well, they apparently weren't that funny because they had to hire a consultant for physical comedy. Okay. Uh, Cal has worked on Paddington 2 as a comedy consultant. So I guess the overall comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, pa- but Paddington, they were just the physical comedy consultant. Okay. Uh, the amazing Spider-Man two comedy divisor. Ooh, that one is a knee slapper. That you- Spider-Man amazing Spider-Man two knee slapper of a movie. Yeah. You're going to love this one. The world's end. Edgar Wright, physical comedy consultant. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The dictator physical comedy consultant. What? This guy, this guy has made a living <laughs> Good for consulting. you, but like you're working uh, with comedians who should know how to be funny. I don't have a high opinion of consulting already. Yeah. But this just solidifies how much of a scam consultant consulting gigs are. Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially like, okay. And now I'm charging you $500 an hour. You're yeah, like, holy for shit. Comedy. Okay. I'm going to consult you on comedy. Uh, here's, here's another. No, no. Say it this way. <laughs> no, 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 try it this way. Fall yeah. this oh. way. No, no, no. Yeah. I need you to fall this way. Yep. Uh, yep. They were a mime artist on Life Force, the horror movie Life oh, Force. Oh, I know Life Force. Yeah. They're a mime artist. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Those are the people behind the scenes. So we're just going to run through the cast real quick because if when you read this cast and you go, these people are going to be in a musical about cats and all dressed up as cats running around. My mind is blown that they got some of these people in in this film. So let's go through this real quick. Francesca Hayward plays Victoria. Okay. Lori Davidson. Can can, can I make, can I make a, uh, can I just admit something to you right now? Oh, don't. It took me like an hour and maybe an hour and 15 minutes to figure out that the main person wasn't Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh my god! Are you serious? Yeah, I was like, I thought Taylor you thought Swift the white in cat movie. in the beginning was Taylor. Yeah, Swift I was like, the whole oh, time? that must be Taylor Swift because that's the main character. Some really and good Taylor special Swift effects. Shows huh? up and I'm like, oh, that's not. <laughs> oh, okay, got it. Okay, good. Thanks. Yep. Oh, wow. Awesome. Okay, Lori Davidson as Mr. Mistopheles, Robbie Fairchild as Monkastrap. So those are the three main characters. They're pretty much throughout the entire film. I feel like everybody else we're going to talk about. They have parts in the film, but they're not in it as much as these three. Okay. Mm, yeah. We get your favorite here. James Gordon as Bustopher Jones. So I I think James Gordon is fine. I just don't want James Gordon shoved in my face everywhere I go. I'm not, I, I'm not a big James Gordon. I, I'm with you. Like, I feel like I've been overexposed to his yeah. comedy. The first couple comedy. Dude, like, hey, looks his funny video. He's dressed up as a whatever in the street shaking his dick at people. I'm like, all right. Like these people are just trying to go to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the carpool karaoke was okay. I don't know the first few times and yeah. Yeah. The 600th. No. Um, 
Rebel Wilson as Jenny Annie Dots. No, are you a Rebel Wilson yeah. fan? She's fine. Okay, she's fine. My wife likes those Pitch Perfect films. I've seen her in those. Like as I'm walking past the room, I'm like, oh, I need to hurry because I don't like this. But anyway, first, first one's okay. I tried to watch the second one, couldn't do it. Never saw the third one. I, I'll tell you this: when Rebel Wilson hits, like from a comedy perspective, she. I mean, I am laughing hard. Um, she can be good. Uh, Jennifer Hudson as Grizabella. Are you, are you best part of this movie? She's Gen- the best part of this. movie. Jennifer Hudson is, I will agree with you. 1000%. She's amazing. When they let her sing in this movie, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. She can sing. Oh and yeah. And they should let her just sing throughout this whole movie, but you know, whatever. Yep. Yep. Uh, Judy Dench as old Deuteronomy, which, <laughs> Oh my God. I can't wait to talk about that. Um, Jason Durello as rum tum tugger. Here we go. Idris Elba is McCavity. I, f- I feel like Idris Elba at this point. I we, we just went to the films uh, to the movies today and saw a trailer for Sonic 2 and he's voicing uh-huh. Knuckles. Knuckles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, he needs an intervention at this point, man. I mean, you know, I know you got to you got to pay the rent. I get it. But come on, dude. You're, you're like one of the best actors out there. I would say Idris Elba is a top five actor. And yeah. sometimes you're like, boy. But then you see him in other stuff. You're like, God, you're great. I know. But then you see him in this and you're like, why? Yeah. Someone had your kids held hostage somewhere and they were like, you got to be in cats. You got to be McCavity. McCavity. He's the villain of the film. Okay. Uh, Ian McKellen, Sir Ian McKellen as Gus, the theater cat. And and you get to see Ian McKellen drink out of a pan like a cat. Oh, God. I didn't want to see that. Yep. Saw that. Uh, here you go. Taylor Swift shows up at the toward the back end of the yeah, film. She's not the main character. She's not the main character. Uh, Bomba Lorena, uh, I guess, is McCavity's uh, henchman or something. She's the catnip dealer. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one which surprised me to see Ray Winstone as Growl Tiger. So he's another henchman. Uh, and as soon as you see him, you go, oh, that's Ray Winstone. What is Winstone, Ray Winstone yeah. is doing in this? There you go. So let's let's talk about the production and development. Oh my god, I had so much fun reading this stuff. Okay, here we go. An animated where do, film. Where do we start? Uh, where well, we're we going to start at the beginning. Okay, so an animated film adaption based on the musical was initially planned by Amblimation in the '90s, but was abandoned when they closed that part of the studio. Okay, and then in December 2013, Andrew Lloyd Webber, who did the original musical, which Amblimation was the animation half or wing of Amblin film, which yes. is Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg. Right. Yep. 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 Okay. Uh, and, and you know, this is an Amblin film. So this is yes. a Steven Spielberg film. Not, I mean, he didn't direct it. Production. 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 Yes. Okay. So Andrew Lloyd Webber teased that universal pictures, um, which had bought the rights to it. And they were trying to figure out how to make a film was going to go ahead and put it in active development. And in 2016, Cooper was confirmed as the director. So in January 2018, they started officially casting for the film. And while looking into the technical aspects of whether the film would be entirely live action or computer generated, um, with Lloyd Webber announcing he was going to write a new song for the film adaption. So there is a song in here that isn't the original musical. Um, On October 24, 2019, the new song was titled Beautiful Ghost. So that was written by Webber. And the song 
was sung by Francesca ha- uh, Hayward. So Victoria followed later and reprised by Judy Dench with a credits version sung by Taylor Swift. So basically they, they say, Hey, it's going into production. We've got a brand new song. So it's going to bring all the cats fans in like, Hey, why did I see the musical or why see the film? I've seen the musical. Well, we got a new song, right? Uh, I love this. The, the cast attended cat school for preparation. And, and if you own the Blu-ray, they have a whole segment on cat school and you can see everybody in cat school. Did you watch it? I, I did not, oh, but I, I, I saw, I've seen snippets of it. I watched uh, it. Yes. They were very excited to go to cat school because they wanted to learn how to move like a cat. Yep. According to Taylor Swift in an interview, she said that she was there for approximately four months in cat school, four months in cat school for, I mean, how, how much is she in the, in the film? Like five minutes? Oh yeah. Yeah. Barely 10, maybe she's okay. like laying around. So yes. yeah. 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 As a cat. Oh God. These, these, this is where the good stuff comes from. So substantial work on the visual effects for cats was performed at MPC Vancouver which had previously worked on redoing the visual effects for Sonic the Hedgehog. A report by the Daily Beast revealed a troubled production where sources within one of the visual effects studios reported the staff was working 80 to 90 hours a week to try and finish the effects by the release date, while Hooper would send them degrading emails about their work and insult them during like telephone conferences. Yeah, apparently he was a dick. Yes. This they was, were sleeping under their desk. Oh, and yeah. All this Cots stuff. and like everything. It was, yeah. This was additionally complicated by Hooper's lack of familiarity with the visual effects process and animation as a whole, where the director would demand an entire complete render be made at great costs or that real life references of cats be used for every movement. The team spent six months producing the film's two minute trailer, leaving just four months to finish the entire. 110 minute film. The film's visual effects were completed just hours before its premiere. However, <laughs> the film's original release, and we we gave a snippet of this when we talked about yeah. it the last show, right? So the film they sent out pa- they sent out a patch basically. Yes, they sent out a patch. So the film's original release contained numerous CGI errors and glitches, such as one scene in which Judy Dench's human hand, complete with her wedding ring appears instead of old Deuteronomy's cat paw. After poor reviews, Universal notified cinemas on opening day that an updated digital cinema package with some improved visual effects would be available for download on the 22nd of December, urging them to replace the current print as soon as possible. That is insane. Yeah, it's unheard of. And there's also instances where people's feet are going through the ground and all sorts of stuff. And like I was saying earlier, the via like the effects people, I feel so bad for because I know they see it. They know it's there. They're working 90 hours a week and they're trying and they just ran out of time. And it's one of those instances where sure they could have made this film be perfect, but it would have probably taken another six months and they rushed it. Um, but I feel so bad for those people because I've been on that side where you're working and you know, there's this deadline and you're doing everything you can and you have someone screaming at you and you're like, we can't work anymore. Like we're doing, we're at capacity. Yeah. Um, And and they're saying it's not good enough. You got to redo it. So I I know they talk about a hundred million dollar budget. It has to be more than that. 
even outside of the production, just where you hear all these stories. Here's my favorite, and, and we've, we've hinted at it, but oh my God, this story is amazing. An anonymous Cats crew member told a Vanity Fair writer, Ben Meckler, that the butthole cut was an unintentional byproduct of the film's unique visual effects. The film's initial special effects process, the crew member said, made the cats of cats look like their skin and fur had been groomed or just folded in a way that really looked like very furry lady genitals and buttholes by accident. In the Daily Beast interview, the source noted that the job of editing out all of the buttholes was ultimately left to one crew member who was hired. <laughs> Can you imagine getting a phone call and go, we got a job yeah. for you? We got, gonna, you got to take out these buttholes. 80, 90 hours of work uh, a yeah. week to just, yeah. So he was specifically hired to remove the unintended buttholes. And I, I love this quote from this article. When we were looking at the playbacks, we were like, what the hell? You guys see that? The source told the outlet. We paused it. We went to call our supervisor and we're like, there's a fucking asshole in there. There's buttholes. It wasn't prominent, but you saw it and you were just like, what the hell is that? There's a fucking butthole in there. It wasn't in your face, but at the same time, too, if you're looking, you'll see it. That was a quote. <laughs> they should release the butthole cut, man. It doesn't exist Better. anymore. They hired a guy to get rid of it all. So that guy, that guy went through frame by frame, yes. 24 frames a second. And if and cleaned up buttholes, yeah, or I don't know, you just had to take out buttholes. Just when you think your job is boring or it sucks, this guy, right? Uh, it gets worse. The man at the 92nd Academy Awards, James Gordon, Rebel Wilson, appeared in character as Buster Jones in Jenny Annie Dots, mocking the film CGI while presenting best visual effects. This led to criticism from the production's visual effects animators, many of whom were laid off when MPC Vancouver closed following the film's production, as well as condemnation by the Visual Effects Society, an organization representing the visual effects industry. So they go out to do a joke, the Academy Awards, it backfires, and everybody's like, dude, we killed ourselves on this film, then yeah. got laid off, and then you go to the Academy Awards uh, making fun of it. Yeah, I, I totally side with those people because they made a fraction of what Rebel and what James made and worked probably 100 times harder. And to see someone, it always bothers me when like people are like, yeah, I hate that movie. You're like, dude, thousands of people worked on this. You're Bruce Willis. You didn't care at all. You didn't even try. Yeah. But thousands of people showed up every day so they could have insurance. Uh, stop saying you hated the movie because you slept through it. No, I mean, that. this was a super trouble. I read articles production. where they were like trying to every scene. They were like, hey, we're going to try and sit down as much as we can. And I was like, dude, like you're on a set. And you get to sit down for two days. Shut your face. Yeah. No, Watch it's me. it's I actually watched a little bit of the behind the scenes because I was I was kind of curious how they did the effects and a lot of it. Um, so when you were talking about the production design, there are actual stage sets there with green screen, but mm -hmm. then everybody's wearing the CGI suits and then the visual effects people pretty much had to do the entire cat sequences through the computer. So yeah, like the tail, the tails and the ears and all that stuff. All of uh, it. Yeah. 
So Cats was the last film of the 2010s to win the Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Picture. Ironically, Tom Hooper's previous film, The King's Speech, which was released in 2010, was the first film of the 2010s to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. Yep. Yep. That's pretty interesting. Uh, now, here are my my two favorite stories. So Sir, A- Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber was so affected by the disastrous reception of this movie that he ended up adopting a puppy and had the dog registered as a therapy pet. When asked by the airline via a note asking if he really needed the dog, Weber responded, yes, just see what Hollywood did to my musical cats. The airline sent an approval back with a note saying no doctor's report required. (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, I love this one. Battlefield Earth from 2000, okay? Mm. Screenwriter J.D. Shapiro said this film usurped his as the worst of all time. He went out in public to say that. Uh, I haven't seen Battle or Battlefield Earth in a long, long time. Yeah. So it's in our future. It, so I'm sure can, it is. We'll, we'll be. We'll get there. We'll compare. Yeah, we'll get there. I'm sure we'll do another turkey month. It'll come up. Uh, no, that's that's all the fun stories. Behind, I mean, this is another one of those movies that when you start to read the stuff that's happening behind the scenes and you hear all these stories coming out of it. I feel like this thing was sort of destined to fail, especially DOA. Yeah, the the weekend they released it. But uh, Brad, it's it's now time to share our thoughts. Your your lovely wife picked this for us, knowing um, that you and I would not like it. Definitely knowing you wouldn't like it. Um, I, I'm curious what what was your reaction to this thing? You watched it on an iPad in the corner? Were you in time? I out? did. I did. I watched it on the iPad with my headphones on, just kind of like, oh my God. Did you make it um, in one setting? I did because I didn't want to have to come back. Oh, you okay. know, it's one of those things yep. where you're like, I got to do it all. I got to do it all. I'm going to run this marathon. I'm not going to be able to walk tomorrow, but I'm going to run this marathon. <laughs> um, I was surprised at how much I hated this movie. And it didn't take long at all. The first musical instance where they say Jellical cat no less than 9,000 times. I was like, Oh boy, this is getting on my nerves. And then they're saying like, these songs are bad. Like they're not even good song. And I'm like, wait a minute. They, they had to have changed these songs from cats. Cause no one would go and see this musical cats. If these are the songs, they added behold, a song. It's, it's all these the, song. are the songs. And then they added one more, but these are the songs. I'm like, these songs are awful. They're I, it, terrible. It's funny. You say that I, I had the same reaction. Like is, did they change this stuff? I went back and you can go on YouTube. Apparently there was the BBC did a film version of the stage play. Yeah. Like so in 98. Like, yeah. And a lot of people say that, like they had it on VHS or something like that. It's like really good or something. I don't know. I, I, I watched a sequence it. just it, kind of thinking the same that like, wow, they really changed the music. If you go back, they stuck to it pretty close. So yeah, that, that was yeah. the music. So I was just surprised at how much I hated the music. Uh, and then there's this weird sort of uncanny Valley with the faces <laughs> and it really is distracting to the point where it's almost impossible to watch this movie because you're like, they put human faces over a cat's face, 
but they don't have like eyebrows or anything like that. So it's like really hard to read emotion. Um, and then there's like the, there's no sort of rules, right? So sometimes the cats walk on their hind legs. Other times they're on all fours. Sometimes cats are wearing clothes. Sometimes cats are wearing fur coats. And you're like, what is going on with this fur coat? Yeah. Is that cat fur? I, I had like, that same question. Like, why why do cats on? wear fur coats in the film? Is yeah. is that their fur or somebody else's fur? Like, did they find it's a dead cat? Someone else's skin fur, right? Like, they kill the cat in their. It's like a trophy. It's got to be. Yeah, the the collars and and the name. I get that because cats would have that. The the fur thing that that fur coat thing yeah. confused me. Some had them. Some so didn't. yeah. So so the first song really was irritating on me, um, and then it got to the rebel Wilson song. And I literally had to pause and get up and walk around for a second. Cause I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. Like, I, I don't know if I can, it is the most unfunny thing I think I've ever seen in my entire life. And I feel bad for rebel Wilson. Cause I think she is a funny human being. This is the most unfunny thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I was like, boy, this is struggling. Uh, and then I was like, it can't get any worse than this. And here comes James Gordon. And I'm like, oh boy. And he's got all the clothes on and then he doesn't. And I'm like, okay. So now all I'm thinking is he came in with clothes. Now he doesn't have clothes. So this cat is naked. There's a lot of cat stripping. And then, so all are all the cats naked. And then I'm like, why is there no genitalia? Like, where's the genitalia? And it's, it's digitally like, removed, dude. And, it's a, and then you're like, well, some kind of the one, the female cats have sort of boobs going on. But then I'm like, cats don't have boobs. They have teats. So I need to see six of those things. <laughs> I was just starting to think about like cat anatomy. I was like, ah, this is what I'm doing during this movie. Cause it's, you're thinking of cat anatomy. Okay. Thing. Right. Yeah, and and I don't even like cats. Like I don't like cats at all. Oh, the animals. Yeah, I don't I, trust them. And then I love cats. And then, I that's, and then there's like wow. this whole magical thing going yep. on. And then you're like, okay. And then I'm like, okay. Ninety nine point nine percent of the story is told through songs. I think there's two spoken lines of dialogue in it's, this whole film. It's it's a heavy musical. It's it's a hard musical. So it's like we're yeah. all. And, and the, the music does one thing and one thing only. It introduces a cat, and then that a cat is immediately gone from the movie. Almost like nine times out of ten, that, that song is just to say, Here I am, this is me, here's some traits about me. We're gonna sing the same line over and over and over well, again. Well, yes, the and- plots of there's we we talked about the story. You're right. The story is everybody is going to some cat party and they're gonna pick a winner. And that's, that's the movie. And so yeah, but 80% like, of it is, well, here's this cat and here's this cat and here's this cat. And it sings its thing. Right. But the, like it's expository singing. Uh, it, well, yeah, it just talks about what that, what the cat, cat does. Like, here's a characteristic yeah. about this cat and here's their name, which is like Bumblefuck or whatever it is. And then we're <laughs> going to do whatever and then go on to the next one. And then I'm, I'm jerking wanker or whatever and then mccavity like, comes in and is like oh yeah. i'm gonna kidnap you and then he kidnaps yep. all the cats yep. yep and then you're like oh that's idris elba mm-hmm. i wish he was in something better and then all of a sudden you're like that's a cool coat and cool hat and then he's not wearing that hat or coat ever again and you're like okay i guess he's naked i was like 
okay, I'll, I'll imagine you just Elba naked. That's fine with me. And then I'm like, <laughs> I what, why would you? what is, what is the like plot of this? Like, is this, this some weird allegory for like going to heaven? Like, is this all this is, is about cats going to heaven? I, I don't know. There, there was an interesting story where I think somebody went up to Andrew Lloyd Webber and was like, Oh, I, I think, I think I understand what your play's about. It's about the homeless problem and is there an afterlife and everything else. And I think Andrew Lloyd Webber's response was dude, it, it's a, it's a musical about cats. That's all it is. There's yeah. nothing. It's just cats. Well, and, it's it's and, based so, on a T.S. Eliot uh, poem. It's just cats. And so, and so I, I was, I was going down that path and I was like, okay, I don't know what Jellicle means. I know it's in some other play. It's not in this movie. And I was like, is, is like a, nothing. You think it means about it. Nothing. Like, okay. So I was thinking like, are these cats evangelicals and like Even, no. they're trying to <laughs> sing their way into, no. into heaven? It's no, oh. it's, I, I, it's based on a poem and it's, I know I it's know, just describing all these different cats. That's all it is. I, I was dumbfounded at the end of this movie to say that I hated it is an understatement, but I was more just dumbfounded by every choice that they made the choice to be in this movie, the choice to make this movie, the choice to make them look the way they do the choice to make them walk on their hind legs and then make them act like cats, sending people to cat school for four months, all this to come out with this movie. You're like, this is the biggest disaster I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) And I don't know what else to say. Like, it was shocking that I was like, wait, this is like a real movie that came out. Like, this is like a real thing. Played in theaters. Real people yeah. made. Yep. And people probably have PTSD from doing the effects on this movie to the point where they're just like, no, I can't do this anymore because I had to work 90 hour weeks for six months straight. Yeah, how many people like never went back into visual effects as a job, probably because of this film? Because of this movie, yeah. And yeah. I feel bad about that, but and I, the effects aren't great at times, and other times they're kind of impressive. You're like, oh, okay, that looks cool. Again, the scale, the scale stuff really freaked me out. I was like, I don't know how big these cats are. At some points, <laughs> they seem huge, and other times they're tiny. Like cats should not be the same size as a fire hydrant or a. Uh, garbage can but they are for some reason it's just really bizarre man like it is literally the weirdest movie i've ever seen in my entire life and i've seen some weird shit in my life but this is like the production that went into this weird thing is just it's bewildering and you watched it sober right a hundred percent sober hundred percent sober okay good good well i might have had a little a okay. little gummy or two, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so it, it's a movie from 2019 based on a musical from 1981 directed by somebody who secretly, or I guess not so secretly anymore, probably identifies as a furry, uh, and, and little statistics, CNN in 2018 and 2019 said there's about a hundred thousand to 1 million people in the furry fandom. I, okay. I looked that up. Yep. My hey. assumption is that Mr. Hooper hired some of these as technical advisors and he was really making something to target that audience. That's, that's, Hey, that's fine. Hey, that's if you're cool. into that yep. stuff, hey, consenting adults, no kink shame here. Yeah. And let's be honest. The, uh, uh, some of the CGI cats, they're, 
they're the stuff of nightmares. They really are. Um, it wouldn't take much to turn this into a full-fledged horror movie, in my opinion. I mean, you don't even have to remove most of the songs. I, I think this could easily be re-edited into something pretty scary. And I, I, I got to be honest, I'm going to have some vivid nightmares. I already had one of Rebel Wilson tearing off her, her cat skin. That freaked me out like you wouldn't believe to reveal another bedazzled cat skin underneath. That is the weirdest thing I have. And that cat's spreading its legs. You're like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there in nope. a minute. But I'm, nope. I'm just that sequence. I will have to put in the top five weirdest things I've ever laid my eyes on in a film. Um, and and however, OK, so this this film has one scene that just snaps you out of your LSD trip. OK, when when Jennifer Hudson is singing memory, holy shit, that is breathtaking. Oh, yes. I mean, it, you it feel is. that song. Yeah, because uh, he's singing with emotion in. Oh, it's, it's a it's Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. Which, but B, you're like, oh, there's emotion and she's going for it and all this stuff. Yeah, she nails it. It's and I, the best the, her 10 minutes on screen is the best 10 minutes of the film. Hands down. And and I don't find the music in cast to be all that great. I'm, I'm with you. It's really weird. And don't ever play a drinking game of taking a shot every time they say Jellicle because sung or spoken, they say it 128 times. 128 times during the film. I looked it up. I was going to say it's more than that. It's 128. But, wow. uh, but I'm, I'm telling you that that song. Movie, it, okay. Okay. This movie is what? A hundred minutes long. Maybe yeah. it's two hours. Okay. It's one ten. Yeah. So they say it once a minute. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I, I cannot, I cannot talk enough about Jennifer Hudson. Uh, I think she's one of the best singers of all time. That song is so good that there were moments I'm like, I think she has snot coming out of her nose and she's crying and stuff like that. But man, talk about, you just don't pay attention to it because she's so good in it. Um, in, in the end, I, I could not look away from this film. I was completely fascinated with every choice they made. I had no idea where it was going. I mean, just when you thought they couldn't do something crazy from what you just saw, they go and top that. I mean, it is gloriously bad. It is bad, bad, terrible. I mean, you can't sit here if you've never seen it. And we were to sit here and just describe maybe the first 15 minutes, you'd be like, no way, no way did those people do that thing that you're talking about. You go, yep. And guess what? There's like another hour and a half and it gets weirder and weirder and weirder. Uh, and Tabitha watched it with me, which was surprising. And, and she and I kind of had the same reaction. Like there were moments we just looked at each other. We're like, did, did we just see that on screen? Um, it gloriously, gloriously bad. I, I do want to highlight there, there are some things I, I, I want to compliment it on. Okay. Um, first of all, the production design I think is impressive. Yes. It has a problem with scale. I think some of that's intentional. Um, but I think what Eve Stewart did looks pretty phenomenal and you can't deny that there's a lot of money on the screen and they used it right. And some of the environments have this Tim Burton vibe, which I really like. And I, I think some of the sets look great. Let me ask you, let me ask you something mm -hmm. though. Humans exist in this world, right? Cause the first scene we see they humans throw a cat. Yep. Okay. So in this world, we are led to believe that there are billboards of McCavity all around yes. this London place, mm -hmm. right? McCavity is he like running for mayor or something like that? Like, I 
think he's so so yeah pretty humans popular. in this world are going to see a billboard of McCavity and think that's totally normal. There's just a billboard of a cat. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> well, and I'll awesome. say that the, the stuff at, so most of the film takes place at night, except for probably the last 10 or 15 minutes. And I think when it goes in the daytime is when it doesn't look so good. No, I think that's where I got the Eternals. That yeah, yeah. That's where I kind of got the Eternals vibe when, when stuff was going on in, in, in Eternals and it wasn't in full on daylight like that whole um, wood sequence where they're battling the things in the forest, I thought looked really good. But the more light you get on those sets and environments, the more CGI-ish and yeah. uh, fake they looked. And and I think that's the same in this. I was led to believe that this film took place over one night. It did. Is that not? The, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, and we talked about this. I mean, Jennifer Hudson, absolutely fantastic, even in some of that creepy CGI cat effects and, and torn fur coat, which we have no idea why somewhere you know why some don't um she is the best thing about this film i'm i'm a musical fan so there are two sequences in here that i like one of them is sort of the modern dance ballet sequence that they do under the moon and it's a really great sequence just from it, there's no singing it's just the music and I think they did a fantastic job on that. I really, it, it reminded me of something that you might see at the end of like an American in Paris, Gene Kelly. Um, I also was kind of impressed with the tap dancing routine during the shimble shanks routine. Um, I thought that tap dancing was, was pretty damn impressive. It's a fun sequence. It stuck out as something kind of good in terms of the production and dance. I, that song's kind of weird though, but I think the, the choreography and everything is really good. So the, those two sequences from like a musical component. So that's the stuff where I go, Hey, I, I think there's some quality there. Like Jennifer Hudson, hundred percent, obviously classes up the sequences she's in. Uh, agreed. Yes. Agreed. I, I, I do enjoy the night production environment sequences there. And those two dance numbers I, I thought were, were kind of impressive. Um, but let, let's talk about the, the truly terrible, weird stuff. We, we have to we have to address this Rebel Wilson introduction. So you get Rebel Wilson in a full CGI cat suit on her, but we're not a cat suit, but it's a CGI cat, right? And she's on her back with her legs spread wide open in the air, and her tail is straight up in the air. That that's how you're introduced to her, right? And I I don't my jaw just hit the floor like what. Are we watching furry porn? What is going yeah, on? Yeah. Um, I mean, these cats are horny too. Like, yeah, they are. Yep. The horniness level of these cats is way up there. Yeah. So you, you start with that. Then she, at some point, tears, she tears her skin off. Okay. She rips her skin off to reveal a bedazzled fur with a red vest. And she... She takes everybody over to like this display with these mice with these kid faces on them as they're yes. doing a dancing routine. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Then you're like, well, those are her like slaves, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. She's, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Then and you're like, well, that's weird. But you go then, then still we're still going here, right? She's dancing around with cockroaches and then she starts eating them. And and that's her routine. I Man, I feel like I need therapy after that sequence. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. It was it was incredible. And, and, yeah, 
Yeah. And, and even, yeah. even her, her attempt at humor was horrifying. So that, that, uh, comedy consultant, no bueno, they didn't, they didn't get it right. Um, and, and even the lines that she's delivering, like, do you think he just got neutered because those notes are high and the, and the practical falls and stuff she does and the chain to the face. I mean, I, I Cal McChrystal is a consultant. No, not, Mm-mm. not good. No. Um, you talked about James Gordon as the aristocratic fact. Dude, it's, it's James Gordon. Gordon. Core, core. Corden. C-O-R-D-E-N. Corden. Jimmy, Jimmy Corden. <laughs> you and last names, man. I love it. I know. I can't get them right. Um, his entire introduction is singing and stuffing his face. That That's his old musical number. It's him singing and eating. And he swallows a whole jumbo. So it's not even just a jumbo shrimp. It's a jumbo shrimp at scale to what a jumbo shrimp would be to a cat. And he swallows that whole. Yeah. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. Um, and, and who wanted to see that? Not, not me. I, I, but they put it on full display, right? Um, Judy Dench looks like the cowardly lion from the wizard of Oz. She does. Okay. <laughs> that was in my notes. That was in my notes for sure. Um, I kept waiting for her to say like, Oh, shucks. <laughs> put, put them up. Put them up. <laughs> oh yeah. Holy crap. I'm glad you said that. Um, oh boy. It's Dame Junie Dinch too, man. Yeah. Old As the cowardly lion. Um, <laughs> the, old, the cowardly Deuteronomy. The cow- Yeah. Uh, Taylor Swift, when she finally shows up, because she's not in the beginning. <laughs> she's not the lead character. She's not the lead character. Um, she shows up as a drug dealing cat. And so. Catnip. Yeah. Yeah. Then you get this entire sequence where everybody's getting high off catnip and rolling around. Uh, while they're trying to kidnap the cowardly lion and take it back to the boat so that they'll pick um, Idris to, to be the winner, right? And then you get the sequence where Idris Elba, so most of the film, he's got a fur on, uh, or no, he's got, yeah, he's got a fur coat on or something. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got a jacket he's got a fur on or coat something. And like a hat, yeah. Okay, so he's got that. And next thing you know, towards the big finale, He's perched on a ledge and he looks completely naked except for his cat outfit with, with no, I mean, if it's hard to explain if you take a, what, what's the, oh man, just the human anatomy without the anatomy, like a Ken doll, but with Uh dark fur on it, perched on like this ledge with these glowing green eyes doing flippies and then singing that that was what the hell was that that was terrifying yeah your dick's never gonna work again (laughs) (laughs) no not not when you see what you've seen so far uh and then and then it ends with them putting a cat in a hot air balloon to die in the sky yeah like a chandelier like this chandelier just goes up to the sky and yeah they basically kill this cat at the end right They, they pretty much killed it all of them. All all they wanted was to die. All of them were were doing singing and dancing numbers to get the opportunity to get into a basket to get flown up into the air to die. Yeah, they couldn't say the music enough to, because they all <laughs> wanted to die. They're like, "This music sucks. Get us out of this world." Uh, man, what a morbid, what a morbid ending. <sighs> I can't, what? I can't describe. Well, then, that, and then again, that's like the scale thing. Like the, all those cats are outside on that statue and you're like, 
no, this is like the statue is supposed to be bigger, really, really big. And these cats look huge. It's like, no, this is weird. Yeah. Um, what just, wow. What? Yeah. I, wow. I mean, I can't, I can honestly say this. I have not seen anything. I can't remember the last time I've seen anything like this. I mean, I I've seen some like truly bad musicals. I'm trying to think of that one. Is it voyage of the rock aliens? Uh, which I thought was just, um, just so weird. Yeah. It had Pia Zadora and, and Craig Schaefer. Um, and that, that, that musical is just bonkers, but it pales in comparison to everything that is on display in this thing. I can't even tell you what the weirdest thing is in this outside. If I had to vote, probably the rebel Wilson thing. And yeah, comes- rebel Wilson, that is the, those choices they made during that sequence will be, will that will live with me forever. Like I will probably forget at some point in time, the first time I rode a bike, the first time I hit a home run, <laughs> all this stuff. Rebel Wilson playing a cat will is scarred in my brain. And I will remember that to the day that I leave this earth in a chandelier hot air balloon or whatever. Yeah. And it's, it, and it's the little things too, that come out of nowhere. So when Ian McKellen, his character gets introduced and he's about ready to go on stage to do his thing. You, you catch him lapping water out of this bowl like a cat. And the camera stays on it for like, a, I don't know, a few seconds. You get, you get to watch him lapping water. And then he comes out of, you know, oh, oh it's time for me to go on. And it's the weirdest thing I, I've ever seen Ian McKellen ever do. He was in a film where they got the scale right. He was in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. He was Gandalf. They figured it out. You think that's why he was in this movie? They're like, show us how to stand these apple boxes so he can look tall and stuff. I, I don't know. I just he's in, he's in a he's in a whole fantasy genre thing, and you think, well, that's the most fantastical stuff that I've ever seen him do or be in. No, nope. cats nope. tops that everything. I believe him as Morris Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> I just wow. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know how to classify this. I, I'll say this. I couldn't look away. I was mm-hmm. never bored because I was in shock all the time. Yes. Uh, I, I, I was trying to think of. You what, ever, you ever heard of the term like seeing is believing? Well, obviously you have, like uh, you yes, have to I ha- see. I have, uh, yes, yes, I have heard okay. that. <laughs> You've heard of that statement. That <laughs> I have heard of that everyone's statement. Everyone's always said, yes, this is that movie. You have to see this movie to believe it. I, I would agree with that. So let me ask you this though. You had to watch it by yourself in a corner on an iPad. I had the benefit of watching with my wife. We constantly, something would happen and we would check each other. Like, did, did we both see that? And I would question like, Hey, did, did that just happen? She's like, I was just going to ask you the same thing. And as soon as it was over, we started talking about this thing. Like, oh my God. And we immediately went to the special features. I'm like, I got to see this cat school thing. I got to see the special effects. I really wanted to see, did they did they really put in the production and the time and an effort that I'd read about? Sure enough, that Blu-ray has so many special features and so many things they did behind the scenes. Um, and, and I couldn't believe like this is one of the, 
this is a movie that's based on like one of the most famous musicals of all time. So my next reaction was they must have really just went off the the original musical script or story or something. And the little snippets I saw, like that Jellicle song, I'm like, oh, it's it's kind of close. I don't know if it's as weird as the stage production. Like I'm kind of curious to see the stage production just to compare it against this. Yeah. Although I don't know if I can see I, that memory song is the best one out of all of it. I, I, it would be hard to get through the rest of the music. I can't hear the word Jellicle again, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, but man, I, um, yeah, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I'm kind of glad I saw it though. I, I kind of am too. I hated every second of it, but I, it's like, watching that car wreck that you just cannot look away and you're it i was just i was shocked yeah honestly i was shocked and every choice that they made you're uh, you could just see the money just going and going and you're like this is a hundred million dollar movie probably in the realm of like 250 all in that's a quarter of a billion dollars into this movie how did they how how troy how did it get to this point i i don't know i i didn't hate watching it because i was so fascinated by it i i think it's music just grated on me so much that it was like i i get it the song is two lines and then they say those two lines over and over and over and over and over again yeah, but the stuff they're doing on screen while they're doing it, you're like, what is going on? You're I, you, not wrong. You you just yeah, I, it 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 was it it was trippy. It was really trippy. So, would you watch this again with a group of people? Ah, uh, yes, I would. Okay. Yep. I think I would too. I think I would too. And it's weird. I I've read more and more, I guess, as a result of the pandemic cuz the the more stuff I I was reading about it, uh, it's starting to get a cult following where people were, that, yeah. were having like online watch parties, et cetera. I don't know if this is in the category of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like take a step back and try to imagine the Rocky Horror Picture Show without the context of the audience participation. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> that movie would make no sense. And I don't care what Richard O'Brien's like, oh, well, we're trying to do a musical, you know, parody off of like the 50s and 60s horror, science fiction, et cetera. You're like, yeah, but you got transsexuals and and they're all this. I mean, it's just a weird, weird film. I feel like this is in the same context like a Rocky Horror Picture Show or like The Room. I mean, you're looking at this thing going, it is so terrible and all the choices are so astronomically bad, but yet there is, um, it hypnotizes, like it's, it's awfulness hypnotizes you to a, a certain degree. Yeah. I mean, Tommy Wiseau didn't know what he was doing when he made a film. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hooper did. He won an Academy Award. Well, he didn't Big know Steve. anything about visual effects. <laughs> That's the thing. That's any, this movie is solely a visual effects movie. Yeah. And that's a problem, right? You can't, you can't have. Is it a somebody- problem, or was it the smartest thing he did? I mean, think of it this way: if you were going to do a practical effects with cats and everything else, and you go, okay, I, their decision was practical over the the uh, CGI. 
they thought they could get more of the face and the performance through the CGI versus the practical effects. Yeah. And I understand that to a certain degree, but I can't imagine this film without the CGI effects. No, you're right. Because it has I, this look that is just so unique and weird. It's weird, it's yes. Weird. Yeah, it's it's again, it's that weird uncanny valley where you're looking at a humanoid cat face and you're like I, you're my mind was like, I don't know what I'm looking at. This is freaking me out. It is. I, I mean I'm I'm trying to put it in context of why <sighs> a movie like The Pest just really annoys me. And I find that film annoying and it's bad. This is a train wreck, but it's captivating. It It is a captivating train wreck. I have never wanted a Mystery Science Theater 3000 version of a film as bad as I want it for this thing. I, I would love a Riff Tracks or something. I'm sure it, it exists to some degree. Yeah, but the music, I mean, they just say the same lines. Well, yeah. yeah. I know I agree with you, but yeah. oh boy, this film, it... Sh- I've never felt this way about it. And I'm like, so is it good art then? Like, cause what is the, what is the purpose of art? Is it supposed to make us feel something? I don't know. That's the question I have. So <laughs> it, 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 I guess this comes down to the question, right? So, so here's the question. Um, is it a bomb? If I was terrified yet engrossed in all the mayhem, like I could not, think of anything that even comes close to this. And I was totally fascinated with it. Yes. I, I get where you're going. Cause that's tough to me. I, I mean, I know I, I love, know. I love, I, I mean, you know this and, and my wife, even, bad movies. yeah, my yes. wife talked about it. I mean, we, we have friends that were talking about how bad moonfall is and they get to a point where they just start listing all the terrible things about it. I'm like, Ooh, I, I really want to see you this. Gotta go. yeah. I got to yeah. go see yep. this. Um, and, and this is, this is a really bad film except for Jennifer Hudson. We, we have to throw it out there. Everything with Jennifer Hudson in it is freaking amazing but it's got this fascinating quality that transcends the annoying bad stuff like the pest. And I'm, I'm wondering if you're watching this and you go, I was shocked. I was fascinated. I was curious as to what's coming next. I had no idea what was going to go on. I kind of enjoyed talking about it with my wife afterwards. Like, can you believe they did this and da da da? I mean, if it got that kind of reaction out of me, then to your point, it is it is it really art? Because art gives you a reaction. Um, is it really? I mean, how many films do you watch and you forget about them? Oh, a lot. Yeah, right. I immediately won't just forget kind of this yeah. one. I will not forget this one. Yeah, but it's not good in any way. Not good. Well, Jennifer Hudson, but Except it is for not, Jennifer it is Hudson. not a, it is not a good movie at all. But can you be so bad that you're, you're, you're so amazing at being bad that you're good? Yes. Y- yes. <laughs> yeah. Cause like one of my favorite discoveries is Miami connection, right? Yeah. That movie is a train wreck within itself. Yeah. A musical as well. 
<laughs> yeah, sure. Yes, it is a musical as well. Yeah, YK can, yeah. 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 <sighs> and it doesn't have a Jennifer Hudson. It does not. But Cats doesn't have dragon sound, so there is. True. It's a balancing act, right? <laughs> it's a balancing. Oh, my God, man. I, You know what? I would recommend everyone see this movie. I would, too. The past, I would say, do not see the pest because it's atrocious. But Cats, you have to see. You have to see Cats. I'm, you I'm, have to see it. I'm going to say it right now. It's not a bomb. Dude, it is such a it bomb. Is it is not a bomb. bomb. It, it is, is a- not a bomb. It's not a bomb. It's not. I can't in good faith call this not a bomb. It's, like it is a bomb. It's the biggest bomb. I, but it's so big that it has blown up the earth to the point where it's like, I have to see. I have to see. I, I think it defies phys I think it defies physics. Like how how do you how do you bomb so bad that you fold space and time together and all of a sudden become this thing where you go, Man, you gotta see it. Like if you haven't seen it, you have to see it. Don't watch it alone. Definitely don't like uh, take a mind altering substance and watch it. Watch it with a group of people. But I, I can't. If I were to sit here and actually kind of go, am I going to remember this thing? I am. Is it? Is it terrible? Yeah, all of that except for Jennifer Hudson. Um, but man, this this film does not disappoint in terms of presenting. Crazy choice after crazy choice after crazy choice after crazy choice. And I feel like it is an expert at crazy choices. And I, for that, I would go, hey, if we said Miami Connection is not a bomb, then Cats is not a bomb. Yeah, but I had no joy. I mean, there wasn't like this joy in watching Cats. It was more of just. It's would, would you consider this a is this a transgressive film because you <laughs> yes, like it is 100 you liked under the skin that's a transgressive yes. film it doesn't make you feel good but yet you're fascinated by all of that I'm thinking yeah, of all these things between transgressive cinema bad cinema and all this other stuff where we go man this thing made me feel like shit and I loved it it's not a bomb man this thing is so terrible but man I had so much fun it's not a bomb I think this is like a transgressive bad cinema and and it it has its own new genre and hence it's not a bomb I will say this I was not mad after finishing this movie like I was with the pest Oh I was very mad after the pest this one I was going holy cow it it what was that and I for days i was just like I'm, i was thinking about it i'm like why yeah i know and I've, I've read why a lot I, I paid for vanity fair so i could read articles about the about cats like debrad but i'm saying it's a bomb it's, it's not a bomb, bomb. it's not Dude, a, bomb. It is a bomb it is not a bomb you cannot Agreed? you can't sit here and tell me that uh Miami connection under the skin, all these films that this, this goes through and checks all those boxes. Yeah. But I just can't in good conscience say it's not a bomb. dude. You're going to sit there and tell everybody to see it, but you're going to say it's not a bomb. Yeah, I am. I am stupid. Cause I have principle. Damn it. No, you don't dude. None. <laughs> you're just making, it's like you, I, I feel it's, it's this musical thing. Like you say you hate musicals, but we just read a list and you're like, Ooh, I really like that one. I like that one. I didn't. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. This is the whole musical thing. 
I'm just telling you, you can call it whatever you want, but everybody who's listening to this is going to go, well, dude, Brad said he doesn't like musicals, but apparently he likes all these musicals and you're going to go, well, cats is a bomb, but he's recommending it to everybody. You're a walking conundrum. I don't, I don't recommend people seek out watching car accidents, but when you pull up on one, (laughs) stop and look. All right. Well, I'm putting it in the not a bomb category. I can't believe I'm saying this, but you're, yeah, it's, I, I can't, it's, it's the weirdest thing I've ever different. seen. It's the I feel weirdest different thing. after seeing cats. I feel different. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> like I it's agree. like some sort of rite of passage. <sighs> I, I agree with you, but I, I just, I can't in good faith sit here and go, Hey, look, if, if a movie is supposed to give you a reaction and memorable movies are supposed to give you a reaction, I, I do have a feeling this is going to be one of those. I'm not going to say it's the next Rocky or picture show. I don't see a bunch of people going to the theater and talking back to the screen, et cetera. But I do see that how Miami Connection, Rocky Horror, all those bad films found an audience and a cult following like The Room. I 100% think this is going to fall right into that. And it's just another variation. Um, and, and what, I don't care if you call it like transgressive bad cinema, <laughs> if that's a thing, I don't know. Maybe this invented a new genre. I don't know, but I do think it's going to be a cult classic. Yeah. I mean, there's two types of people now, people who've seen cats and people who have not. Yeah. Yeah. That's how the world is coming now. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sitting here just shocked. Like I, I would have never, when, when you told me we had to watch cats a week ago, I wanted to throat punch something. Um, but sitting here going, dude, I'm, I am very grateful. Should I go get my wife so you can apologize to her? I should go apologize to her. She, uh, she picked something that man, I, I would have never watched this had she not picked it. And I'm, I'm really glad she made us watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Ha, joke's on her. Yeah, we kind of liked it. <laughs> we kind of liked it. <laughs> Except you're not going to call it. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. All right, we'll be split on this one, which I thought this entire month it would be bomb after bomb, but that's fine. Uh, We got some email. You want to read that? Yeah, I do. Let me, let me pull my phone because I don't have my phone with me normally when we record, Troy, because I'm a good podcaster. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, we had. This email comes from our good buddy Kevin says hello Brad and Troy I'm wondering if you all have any movie soundtracks that you really like I'm putting in Conan the Barbarian Barbarian from Brazel what's that guy's name huh? and, and Tron Legacy yep. uh, by Daft Punk quite different music but definitely something I listen to frequently and just listening just hearing a part of music can take me back to the scene. Hugs and kisses, Kevin. Awesome. Well, it, what's on your playlist, man? What, what do you listen to soundtrack wise? That's a really good question. Since we're talking yeah. about cats and it's a musical and uh, um, we know you like musicals. So are there any soundtracks or musical soundtracks that you like? Um, so like a lot of times, like when I'm like working out and stuff, it's like eight mile for sure. Okay. Um, Friday also has a really good like soundtrack. Um, Do the right thing is another one. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, Drive the uh, Ryan Gosling drive. Okay. Not the uh, other one that we reviewed Uh, singles for sure. Singles. I love and just have it constantly on Uh, Pulp Fiction. 
I know, I know, I know. Big surprise there. Yeah. It is it is an amazing soundtrack. Uh Purple Rain is another one. Yeah. Um What about any any orchestral ones? Uh so I do like the so Tron Legacy is like an amazing soundtrack. I will mm-hmm. I will do that. The guest is also really good. It's kind of uh like that as well. Um it's very John Carpenter Carpenter. Yeah, yes, very yeah. John Carpenter. Uh orchestral stuff. Ugh. Not really. I'm trying to think like I do like a lot of John Williams. I know, like, yes, like, but everybody like, likes John Williams. Yeah. So it's like, you know, listening to all that stuff really takes me back to hearing those scenes. And, um, you know, we used to go in and like play dual fates on jukeboxes and then run out. And yeah, I know it was stupid. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, those are kind of it. What about you? Uh, I had to go. So I do listen to a combination of soundtracks, which are orchestral, but also kind of like uh, albums that you talked about where you go, oh, well, here are all the songs that are uh, associated with that film. So I, I grab my iPod. I'm like, OK, what what have I been listening to the last couple of weeks? You'll be surprised, I'm sure. Uh, you remember the Ralph Macchio movie Crossroads? Yes. Yeah. So Ry Cooter does the soundtrack to that. I listened oh, yes. to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. really good. Not the Britney Spears Crossroads. No, no, yes. no, no, no. Um, the man from uncle I think is an amazing soundtrack. So the Daniel Pemberton, uh, music that's in there is really good. Okay. The yeah. East Berlin chase is fantastic, but it also has Solomon Burke on there. So it's a good combination of like original music plus classics. I love the soundtrack to Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins by by Craig Safin. I think it has a fun theme song. It's kind of 80s. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Um, the Broken oh, yeah, Lip yeah. songs are awesome on there. Of course, some classics, uh, Streets of Fire. I listen to that quite a bit. Top Gun. So if you're talking like films with soundtracks of major artists, probably Top Gun's my favorite. I know it's Kenny Loggins heavy, but it's still really good. Uh, another soundtrack I came across because I really like the film and just give you a little taste. Like I, I like all types of music, but I really like the soundtrack to wild Rose, um, Jesse Buckley's in that film, but she also sings all the music in the film too. And I think she does a fantastic job, but wild Rose is fun. I've but, never seen wild Rose. Yeah. I think it's one we'll end up talking about. I, re- I really do like it, but the soundtracks that, I will always listen to at least once a week. My all-time favorite uh, is The Commitments, Volume 1 and Volume 2. So those were released when you know the film came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think years ago when we were doing Movie Matchup, The Pretension, we had talked about The Commitments. We, we may have to bring that mm-hmm. one back because I really love that film. But it's, it's an interesting movie because all of the actors and actresses were musicians. They were picked for that film. And they did the entire soundtrack. And so they're doing blues, soul, everything else, right? Uh, and the lead singer for that was, I mean, you look at him, he looks like a young adult. He was 16 at the time. And that guy has an angelic voice. But, man, when, he, when he's singing, you know, um, Try a Little Tenderness, oh, my God. That, but that's my favorite soundtrack is The Commitments. Okay. Cool. That's I'll a good question. To, yeah, we need to do The Commitments because I remember enjoying that movie. It's so good. It's it's one that I don't think gets talked about enough. And it is a musical. And since you like musicals, I think it'll be mm. a good conversation. Um, is that Alan Parker? Yeah. Yep. Okay. But it, it's so good. I mean, it's 
it's probably top 10 movie for me. I, I really do love it. It's are you like me? Like a top 10 movie. Like you really have like 25 that are like, I have about it. I have about like 75 top 10 films. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, <laughs> yep. Like, Oh, that's the greatest movie of all time. They're like seven of those. You're like, Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah for sure. Well, I only have two number ones. And that's uh, oh, okay. singing in the rain and Dragon Master Two. I couldn't. So I was a little bit. I was like, Do I not know Troy very well? Because I thought The Wild Bunch was like one of your favorite movies. It, it is. It's in the. It, it <laughs> okay. is definitely okay. in the top ten. Um, <laughs> okay, it's one of the seventy-five that are your top ten. Okay, it's, it's okay. not number one. I mean, Wild Wild Bunch is. I would put Wild Bunch in top five. Uh, okay, I've. I love that film. I love that film. I've read so many books about the film. Um, it introduced me to Sam Peckinpah um, and that entire filmography. And it gave me a new appreciation of Westerns. But if I will watch it on a regular basis, but there's something, and maybe it's just about me. There's something about Drunken Master 2 and Singing in the Rain. It doesn't matter what mood I'm in. It will always put me in the same mood, which is just a really great mood. Yeah. And I, th- I think they're exceptionally done. Like there's no other film like Drunken Master 2 and there's no other film like Singing in the Rain. Well, I mean, my favorite movie has a gimp in it, so I get what makes you happy, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are a weird one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, should we uh, talk about what comes that? So Tabitha gets to schedule one more show, and she let us know what she's picking for number two. Are you ready? Yes. You're not going to be happy because it I'm is not a musical. Be, I, know, I, I, know, I, I know I'm not going to be happy. It's a musical. Uh, I'm not excited about this either because it, it's, it's a musical that man really gets on my nerves. Um, she, she knows how to pick them. Uh, and, and it's one that she loves, but we're going to be, <laughs> I can't believe we're going to talk about this film when, when we were doing this little project and we were like, Hey, we're going to talk about movies that bombed. I would have never in a million years thought we would talk about 1982's Grease two with Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, that's, that's on the horizon, buddy. I hate Greece. I hate Greece too. Oh, you don't like the first Greece? I don't. I don't. And you, and, um, oh, okay. Uh, it'll be interesting. Are you going to watch the first one at all? I guess I'm going to. Ha- do I? I don't remember much about Greece too. Do I need to know anything about Greece? I think to, some it, of the. God, I haven't seen Greece two in like forever. Mm-hmm. I think some of the characters from the first one show up in the second one, but I don't know. I don't remember which ones. I've seen Greece okay. a lot. I do like Greece. I don't remember liking Greece. Two. Yeah. Sure. You made your ma- you made your wife mad for some reason. And she does not like us. We have a very uh, just healthy, great. I love her to death. Just, it's, it's an amazing marriage, but there are some things that I just can't explain, man. I know. I know my, my wife is the smartest person I know. Well, she married me, so she can't be that smart, but <laughs> and she knows how to like, you know, but when she said cats, I was like, boy, that's a, uh, that's a choice. Turns out cats affected me in a way. Yeah. So, no, I, I'll, I'll say this. Tabitha is picking films that she loves. I mean, she loves the past. We talked about that one. She loves Grease too. Cause I, I got her the soundtrack on vinyl when they reissued it. And she was just having a ball sitting down and singing along with every song in that film. I mean, she, she knows it. And, uh, yeah, she's um, yeah, Grease too. There you go. And we're gonna have a guest on because we, out of out of all the people that came on the show, uh, one of them 
when when we said, hey, this is coming up next week, they raised their hand. They go, oh, I really want to be on that show and talk about that film because I really like it. And I think both you and I are jaw hit the floor. Yeah. So, it's a person that we respect quite a bit. Yeah. Well, did. Did, yes. <laughs> no, kidding. We still respect this person a lot. Uh, and I can't wait to hear this person's thoughts on this film because it shocked me. It really shocked me that they're, they're like, yeah, that, I really like that movie. Yeah. Um, also, I want to send out an apology, not apology to our listener, Josh, who oh boy. <laughs> reached out and said that uh, when he started listening to the last duel episode, all of a sudden I was berating him. I wasn't specifically calling him out. I knew he was a Titans fan. I wasn't specifically calling him out um, with my Bengals uh, love. And I just say this, Josh, bro, this has never happened to me before. Okay. So let me have it. Let me have my moment. Uh, I know you're a UK fan. We can be happy with that. Um, but football, you know, just, just let me have my one moment. Um, yeah. All, so maybe this time next you. week, we're all happy yeah. for you, Brad. It's it's never happened. And yeah. So anyway, I'm having to explain to my son that the Bengals are not a football dynasty like he thinks, because, you know, the first year he's been interested, they're really good. And he's like, oh, they must do this all the time. I'm like, no, they do not. So anyway, uh, yeah. So and he he, Reese, he loved the last duel as well. So, that yeah, was, that was everyone. Nice. Again, we've 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 done our job. Ridley Scott should send us a thank you note. We've gotten a lot of people to watch uh, the last duel. They, a lot of people like, yeah, I was going to watch it, but you know, I didn't know. And then you guys said you really liked it. So I threw it on and I don't think I've heard any negative. I've had a couple, I've had a couple people say they thought it was boring and they fell asleep. And I'm like, okay, people are just wrong. Troy. I agree. They are very wrong. I, I think it's one of those films that if you like those type of historical dramas, uh, it's, it's really good. I, and yeah, I mean, yeah. I and, want to watch house of Gucci this week. Um, just to get that off my list. So. Yeah, me too. I'm, <clears throat> I'm really curious about seeing that. Uh, so Brad, if, if somebody wants to send in a question or even a suggestion for a movie bomb, we should watch like, uh, Kevin just did. That was a great question. Thank you, Kevin. How do they get a hold of us? Yeah, that's not a bomb pod at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. I know we've been sending out some questions and getting a lot of responses back. Um, so we appreciate the interaction very much. Awesome. Yeah. And you can also go to the website, right? And there's a form yeah, you can just fill in. Yeah. No, yeah. Not a bomb podcast.com. You can hit the contact us button. You can also check out um, our other show that we're doing, which is not a bomb watches. So doing Cowboy Bebop, the animated series, and then going to slowly transition that into the live action one. Um, so, yeah, we're slowly making our way through that. Uh, sometimes that's not easy to schedule during the week. So we'll get there. We're busy. We'll get we're through busy. it. Yep. Yep. We're busy watching cats. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and, hey, there's a couple of shows. Uh, I think the VHS Files is back. They just released a Scream episode. So go check that out. Yeah, they talked a lot a lot about Scream, and I some of their conversation I agreed with others I was not too fond of, but you know, it's to each their own. Yes. Um, um Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema is back. Uh there's a new episode of the Back Look Cinema podcast. 
I want to say we've also got the mixtape didn't podcast. They do, didn't they do Last Action Hero? Yeah. They just yeah, talked about that okay. one. So good call. But yeah, the, I mean, big shout out to all of our friends uh, that we talked to and um, go down and listen or go download their episode and listen. And uh, next week we'll have a special guest and we'll continue this month with the uh, the wives programming. So we've, we've got two more shows and then we're out of the clear, right? Yeah, the last one of the month, we have a special sort of cleansing of the palate, if you will. So Yes, <laughs> yes absolutely. Uh, well, I guess that's it. Anything else? Did I miss anything? Cats, man. Yeah. I I don't know what to say. Uh, it's not a bomb. Mm. <laughs> I, you're dying over there. I get it. Uh, okay, so I don't know if you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or evening. Thank you for downloading the show. Please share it with others. Leave us a review on iTunes. Um, hey, if you're playing along, then I guess you got to go uh, get Grease 2. But I honestly, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Cats, though, eh, I, I would say definitely you got to see it, man. You got to see you just got to see it, right? Um, definitely watch it with some folks. But hey, if you're if you're still with us this month and uh, are, are going through these films with us, we'll we'll catch you next week for Grease Two. Yeah, don't lose your head. <laughs> <laughs>